Hello there. Welcome and thank you for listening to the Joy Fountain podcast. It is my prayer that the message you're about to hear will in many ways than one feed your soul and strengthen your decision and resolve to follow Jesus. My name is Andaza Hezekiah, pastor at the Joy Fountain Church here in Winnipeg, Manitoba. May your joy be full today in Jesus' mighty name. Now let's dive into the Word. We've been talking about the blessing. And last week we looked at the blessing of Abraham. We talked about what exactly it is. And we surmised by saying that the blessing of Abraham is actually Christ himself. It's Christ himself. When God told Abraham that I would bless Abraham, and that through Abraham, all the families of the earth will be blessed. He was talking about none other than Jesus. And we look in the book of Matthew, how Jesus Christ came through that lineage, through from Abraham's lineage. Very, very interesting. We also saw in an earlier teaching that Jesus Christ, when he was leaving, leaving the earth, the Bible says that as he was being taken up and away, what did he do? He blessed his disciples. The Bible says he blessed them. That's one of the very last things that Jesus did was that he blessed his disciples. Friends, that is very, very important for us to remember that one of the last things Jesus did, we always think, oh, the last thing he did was to say, go into the world. But if you read all the Gospels and you go to the book of Luke, you go to John, you go to Matthew, you go to Mark, you'll be able to see for yourself all of the things that he did in his last moments on earth after his resurrection. Very important that we understand that he blessed them. And we also said at one point in time that blessing has to do with what is said and what is done, that we say with our mouths the words of blessing and also where possible hands are laid or we stretch forth hands in a sign that we are blessing a person. And then what is a blessing in itself? Besides it being Christ himself, every blessing is a product of the person of Christ. Now, we also define a blessing at the very first message as God giving his divine attributes to a person. God giving his divine attributes to a person. But don't forget, in all of these definitions, in all of these assertions, the blessing of God is Christ himself as a person in the life of anyone. You know, you can have the sun shining on you, that's a blessing. But without Christ, how do you really live a life that is joyful and peaceful? The Bible says in Romans chapter 14 that the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So we can have all the things of this life. My family and I went all the way to a riding mountain. As we we're going, there's this old barn, big giant barn uh, on the highway uh, to riding mountain. One of those RMs, I, I don't remember which one. But it's on the right as you're going and it's on the left as you're coming back towards Brandon. And as we were driving, we saw this building, like I said, this big barn. And on it, there was a scripture there written. It said, what shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? Scripture. Very encouraging to read something like that. Why am I bringing that up? Because of the power of the word of God. It is a blessing. If one has Christ in their lives, they have not lost their soul. Their soul has been gained. And if we leave this world, we have a place with God in eternity. That is very important. So that is the first blessing. No other blessing compares to that. Every other thing should be, is a byproduct of having Christ in our lives, of walking with him, of following him. This year as a church, we have said our theme is following Jesus. And we talked about following Jesus even during the pandemic. And we talked about that. We looked at Elijah's life. We've been through all of that. 
And now here we are now talking about the blessing. So what do we want to focus on today? Follow me carefully. We're going to be talking about the blessing with Jacob. Last week, we talked about the blessing of Abraham. And we saw that the blessing of Abraham is actually Christ in the world, God amongst men. All right. Now we're looking at the blessing with Jacob. Remember, Abraham was the father of Isaac and Isaac was the father of Jacob. And the Bible usually says that God is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, right? We see that each of them had an experience with God. And Jacob had several experiences with God. And we're going to see one of them today. I want us to turn our Bibles to Genesis chapter 32. Genesis 32, please follow me this morning. Genesis 32. And we're going to be reading from verse 8 to 13. Genesis chapter 32 from verse 8 to 13. Now, let me give you a background to this reading. So Jacob had supplanted or deceived or basically stole his brother's blessing. Esau was his brother, the firstborn, but he took the blessing of the firstborn and it was he connived with his mother. His mother suggested that he do that so that the blessing would go upon Jacob. Now, there's a reason for that. Very important to understand the background of all of this. Esau, the firstborn, had married two women from among the Canaanite people. And those women were very mean to Rebekah and to Isaac. They were mean. And Rebekah knew of the blessing. Rebekah is Isaac's wife, Jacob's mom. She knew of the blessing of Abraham. And she knew that it was an important blessing. Remember, in those days, they communicated verbally to their people. And, and sometimes they would write on the staff of the head of the family all of the experiences the head of the family has had. So Abraham had told them. And it's important to also know that Abraham lived long enough to see Esau and Jacob. And so they knew about the blessing. They knew the power of the blessing, all right? And they were it was something they treasured. So she didn't want it to go to these women who are mean to her and her husband. So she told Jacob, this is what you do. Your father wants to eat uh, food prepared by Esau, and then he blesses Esau with the blessing of Abraham. I want you to pretend that you are Esau. Go and prepare the, the stew the way he likes it, whether it was goat stew, or, well, actually venison, which is a, you know what we call bush meat, meat from what the hunter brings in from the like deer or something like that. But prepare it and give to your father so that he would eat and bless you. So that's the background. So basically, he took Esau's blessing. And when Esau heard about it, he was mad, and he said he was going to kill his brother. And that's why Jacob ran away. His mom prepared for him to run, and he left and went to Paddan Aram to stay with his uncle Laban. So he was with Laban for 20 years. In those 20 years, for 14 years, he married two of Laban's daughters. It's a long story, but the he had to work seven years for Rachel, the younger one, which is the one he loved. And then when the, the, the time of the wedding came, uh, his uncle switched the daughters and put Leah, the one he didn't really love, the one he didn't want, you know, was not interested in, and he switched on them and them on him and said, well, you know, in our custom, the younger doesn't marry before the older. Laban himself was a very deceitful and crafty fellow. So Jacob met his match. But here's how it, it went down. 20 years later, he's returning. So he has his two wives. He has all his children. Uh, 11 children, and he's returning. He also has servants. And in the six years before the 20 years, God blessed him. So from 14th year to 20 years, God blessed him. He had increased in a lot of flock. He had increased with a lot of cattle. And he was a wealthy man. He was going back now to where God had promised Abraham that uh, he would give the land to his descendants. Okay? So going back, he's afraid of meeting Esau because he still believes that Esau was going to kill him. 
So here's what we see in verse 8. I'm going to read from Genesis chapter 32 and from verse 8. It says, actually, let me read from verse 6 from the NLT. After delivering the message, the messengers returned to Jacob and reported, We met your brother Esau and he's already on his way to meet you with an army of 400 men. 400 men. Jacob was terrified at the news. He divided his household along with the flocks and herds and camels into two groups. He thought, if Esau meets one group and attacks it, perhaps the other group can escape. Then Jacob prayed. Okay, so he quickly prepares. He's terrified, the Bible tells us. He's afraid, the Bible tells us. So fear grips him and he moves in fear to protect his family. Then in verse 9, something interesting happened. The Bible says, then Jacob prayed. Jacob prayed. Oh God of my grandfather Abraham and God of my father Isaac. Oh Lord, you told me, return to your own land and to your relatives. And you promised me I will treat you kindly. I am not worthy of all the unfailing love and faithfulness you have shown to me, your servant. When I left home and crossed the Jordan River, I owned nothing except a walking stick. Now my household fills two large camps. Oh Lord, please rescue me from the hand of my brother Esau. I'm afraid that he's coming to attack me along with my wives and children. But you promised me I will surely treat you kindly and I'll multiply your descendants until they become as numerous as the sands along the seashore. Too many to count. So look at that. So he says to God, my brother is coming to kill me. I'm scared. I'm terrified. And then he reminds God. He said, but you told me when I left that you would, because remember, for those of you who know your Bible, Jacob, when he was running away, had an encounter with God at a place he named Bethel. It used to be called Luz. He saw in a dream a ladder come down from heaven and angels ascending and descending. And at the top of the ladder, the voice of God spoke and said, I am, and reiterated the blessing of Abraham upon his life. So this is a blessed man already. But a blessed man is afraid. I want to say, as a child of God, you are blessed. As a believer, you are already blessed. But it doesn't mean you will not have things that will scare you. It doesn't mean you will not have lonely moments in your life. It doesn't mean you will not have times of depression. It doesn't mean you will not have times of anxiety. But when Jacob faced a time of anxiety, the blessed Jacob, the one who was carrying the blessing of Abraham, the one who was carrying the blessing of the lineage of Christ in hum, in hum, among the, the human race, was afraid. Don't ever think that as a Christian, you will not go through difficulty. You already know that. So I don't need to reiterate that. I don't need to you know, say that over and over again. So here we see Jacob afraid. What did he do? He prayed. My friend, I want to ask you today, when you are afraid, when you are anxious, when you are not sure what is going to happen next, do you pray? Do you turn to God? Do you go back to the God of your fathers? Well, maybe they are not the God of your own fathers, but he knew that this was the God of Abraham and the God of his father, Isaac. He said, the God of my grandfather and the God of... And today as Christians in Galatians, we are told that we have been adopted. We can also say, you are the God of my adoptive grandfather, great, great, great grandfather, Abraham. You can pray like that. Secondly, he said, God, you told me, you said something to me at some point in time. You told me something. You see, you told me, friends, Jacob, first of all, acknowledged his unworthiness before God. He said, I am nobody. You know, when I crossed, I had nothing. But there's something I want to point out that happened in Jacob's life that needs to happen in the life of believers today if we're going to see the blessing of God even the more upon our lives, our ministries, our families, and our churches. Let me tell you what it is. Jacob cried out in desperation. 
He was desperate. He was desperate. You see that in verse 26. Later on, he goes and he's alone. And then he asks his servants to take some sheep, some some cattle, some, you know, whatever it was, and say, take animals, give it as a present to Esau. Because he was afraid. He wanted to bribe his way out of the situation. When you look at verse 26, he was alone and he prayed a prayer. He said, let's look at verse 26 together of Genesis 22. During the night, Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two servant wives, and his 11 sons and crossed the Jabbok River with them. After taking them to the other side, he sent over all his possessions. This left Jacob all alone in the camp. And a man came and wrestled with him until the dawn began to break. The Bible says a man came and wrestled with him until the dawn began to break. Who was this man? It's very important. Let's keep going. Verse 25, when the man saw that he could not win the match, he touched Jacob's hip and rent it out of its socket. Then the man said, let me go for the dawn is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. What is your name? The man asked. He replied, Jacob. Your name will no longer be Jacob, the man told him. From now on, you will be called Israel because you have fought with God and with men and you have won. Verse 29, Jacob said, please tell me your name. Why do you want to know my name? The man replied. Then he blessed Jacob there. Jacob had an encounter with the Almighty God. How do we know? Because in verse 30, the Bible says, Jacob named the place Peleah, which means face of God. For he said, I have seen God face to face, yet my life has been spared. So the Bible says a man. Remember, the Bible says that God made us in his own image. So God appeared as a man. When you think of God appearing as a man, what does that remind you of? Jesus Christ. So we see the pre-incarnate. When you say pre-incarnate, it means before Jesus came in the Old Testament, how many times we see Jesus appearing? So Jesus appears in incarnate form as a man and wrestled with Jacob to teach us something. Friends, Jacob was desperate. I want to ask a question. Actually, that was where his name was changed from Jacob to Israel, meaning one that wrestled with God and won, in a sense, one that prayed, one that went through different and difficult situations and won the battle. They did not lose their faith. These are people who refuse to back down. Even if they have one ounce of strength in their lives from their sickbed, from their difficult circumstance, they will say, God, I will never give up. They push through until they get their miracle. They were desperate enough for, or they are desperate enough for a miracle. I want to say that the blessing of God brought Jacob through fear, to a place of desperation to experience the pre-incarnate Christ. You today, maybe there are certain things in your life. Do you know that if we are not desperate for certain things, we don't get them? Every child of God is blessed, but not every child of God experiences certain kind of blessings in their life because there is a certain level of exertion that is required. Now, we don't work for blessings but we walk by the grace of God for certain places that God has prepared for us. I'll give you an example. The children of Israel could not have taken the promised land if they didn't fight the enemy in the promised land. So they had to fight. Goliath would not have been defeated if they all folded their hands like this and were watching Goliath. So in this life, we have to fight for certain things. You don't go to school and say, well, you know, I'll just sit down. I won't study for the exams. I won't hand in my papers requested by the professor. I'll just do whatever I like. You don't, you won't graduate with a degree. You won't graduate with a diploma. You won't graduate high school. 
you are not part of a soccer team or part of a basketball or football team and expect that you just stand like that. If you just stand like that on you know on the football pitch or soccer pitch or basket, I don't care which one it is, you get run over. There is an amount of work, but in the Christian perspective, we work by the grace of God. We cannot work for our salvation. We can, there's nothing we can do to please God. To no, we can only please God through Christ. So Jesus gives us the ability to do this. But we must be desperate for the next level. We must be desperate for what God has for us. So I ask you today, with the example of Jacob, how desperate are you? So let me say one thing that would actually speak to this. Look at the world today. Look at what's happening. I've been talking about the United States. I've been putting some videos on Facebook, my personal Facebook, just regarding what's happening there and how it's going to reverberate around the world after the election, especially hitting us here in Canada in November. There are Christians who are aware, but are they responding? Are we preparing ourselves? Let me share a Bible story with you and I will go to a close. Before that, let me just say, Jacob was blessed. He had had many encounters with God, confirming the blessing in his life. But when he became afraid, of his brother that he thought would kill him, it changed something in his life. The fear propelled him to ask for a blessing. Why would a blessed man, a man carrying the blessing of Abraham, ask for a blessing? You know the blessing he was asking for? He said, God bless me, protect me from my brother. Here is the thing. Every blessed person has another challenge in their life that is probably greater than the past one or that they will need God's help for. Let me pray for you, my friend. Let me pray for myself. You pray for me. That never in our lives will we get to a point where we don't need the help of God anymore. The fear of Esau made Jacob to come to God. Now, here's the thing. I've always wondered, why didn't God tell Jacob, Esau is not planning to kill you? If you read the rest of the story, Esau actually said, I have enough. Esau had forgiven his brother. God had taken care of him. There are many things you are afraid of right now that God has already taken care of. But there are some things also that God will not show you because he wants you to come to him in that your state of anxiety, that your state of anxiousness and fear and, you know, palpable, uh, palpitating heart and worried about what's going to happen next. God says, bring it to me, bring it to me, bring it to me. The Bible tells us that Jacob prayed to God when he was in that state. Who are you praying to right now? Who are you calling the government has its limitations. They can give us all the money they want. There's a limitation. What is happening right now? The world is heading towards a crisis. But God is going to sit on the throne and issue judgment. He's going to be merciful to you. But we have to call on him. As a result of Jacob, Jacob called for protection, for God to save him from Esau. But what was the result? He got, number one, a name change. The Bible says the Lord blessed him. You see, Jacob did not need any other. He already had the blessing of Abraham upon his life. He had prospered. God had proved it to him. But now he was facing death. That made him to cry out to God. And the Lord intervened. I'm going to round up with a story today. It's from 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 1 to 15. To illustrate a little bit further. 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 1 to 15. And I think maybe... Next week, I will dwell on it a little bit more, but I already have the message for next week uh, to close out on the blessing. So maybe one week or two more Sundays, we'll talk about the blessing. But let me, let me, let me go to 2 Kings chapter 2 and show you something very interesting. This is the story of Elijah and Elisha. 
So Elijah was a great prophet who had such great anointing upon his life. Now, Elijah was one of the two people who did not die in the scriptures. So the Bible says in 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 1, when the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven in a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were traveling from Gilgal. And Elijah said to Elisha, stay here for the Lord has told me to go to Bethel. But Elisha replied, as surely as the Lord lives and you yourself live, I will never leave you. So they went down together to Bethel. The same thing repeats itself. But there's something important. In each of the locations, there were three locations, Bethel, Jericho, Jordan. Elijah would say, don't follow me. I have to go to the next town or the next city. Elisha would say, no, as long as the Lord lives, I'll follow you. <laughs> Why? Secondly, each of those cities, there were prophets there. And this is what happened. When they would arrive, the prophets would say, let me read it for you. Verse 3, the group of prophets from Bethel came to Elisha and asked him, did you know that the Lord is going to take your master away from you today? Of course I know, Elisha answered, but be quiet about it. So Elisha had the information. Elijah had the information. The prophets in these three towns or cities, whatever you call them, had the same information. That's what's happening in our world today. If you go on YouTube, many people, God is raising many people that you don't even know their name. In fact, some of the big names don't even have anything to say, but people you never expected. And they are talking about what is about to come in the world. People are even some pastors here in Winnipeg. I know one who put on his Facebook page. He said we should prepare for persecution. And there are reasons for it. He said we should prepare. A pastor in America also put out something where he said God has been saying, brace yourselves. Friends, there is a shaking coming in the world. And many people have the information. But just like we see with Elisha. Elisha is a descendant of blessed Abraham. I am a descendant of blessed Abraham by adoption through Christ. You are a descendant of blessed Abraham by adoption through Christ, just like Elisha. There are certain information that is coming out to us and we are beginning to see it. Our eyes are open. But how are we preparing? Do you notice what Elisha did? He went the distance. He went the distance. And look at the conclusion of the matter. In verse 15, we read, When the group of prophets from Jericho saw from a distance what happened, they exclaimed, Elijah's spirit rests upon Elisha. And they went to meet him and bowed to the ground before him. They knew the information. They didn't do anything with it. He knew the information. He did something with it. He pursued Elijah, crossed over the Jordan. If you read, I don't have time to read the whole verses. Then he said to Elisha, finally, what do you want? If those prophets had also followed, he might have asked 51 of them, what do you want? If another 50 had followed, I said, oh, you are going, Elijah. We know you are, Elijah, we know you are going. God is taking you today. Oh, God. It's public knowledge. Oh, Lord, we know. We pray. We know. We're fasting and the Lord revealed it. We have to follow you. They crossed the Jordan with him. Maybe 200 people would have received the anointing. Just like we see 120 people receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. Many Christians are hearing this kind of message today, but they are holding on to what they are used to. What you are used to will not help you in what is coming. Friends, what Jacob was used to was not going to help him for the future. That's why his name was changed from Jacob to Israel. That's why he wrestled with God in the prayer of a night. He stayed up all night, sent his family over the Fort Japok, and he prayed. He's wrestled with God. I said, bless me. 
Friends, the blessing is what will confront the coming calamity. The blessing is what will confront the coming chaos. The blessing is what will crush the coming confrontation of evil. Evil will confront righteousness, but righteousness will win. I know what I'm saying. I can feel it in my spirit. I can see it with the eye of the spirit. Friends, may the Lord open the eyes of believers. And I believe many eyes are open. But here's the problem. Many people are afraid. They are afraid of what's, oh, what's going to happen. Well, we really don't know. You should hear some Christians talk. It's as if they don't know Jesus. The Bible says the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are saved. Elisha heard that Elijah will be taken. The prophets heard that Elisha will be taken. Elijah heard that he will be taken. Do you know Elijah didn't tell Elisha that he will be taken? Do you know that the people there didn't tell? They didn't say. The prophets just heard from God. God told each one of them. As God is speaking to me now, I don't have a church of 25,000 people, but God is showing me. There are people who don't even have a church. Elijah had no members. There are people who have large congregations. But God is speaking to everybody. That's what I'm trying to say. He's showing things to people who are sensitive and they are hearing it. Some are not even sensitive, but God is waking them up and saying, hey, 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 time up, time up. It's time to do something. But what are we doing with the information? Is it making us now desperate for more? Elisha was hungry for more. Are you hungry for more? Are you saying it is time for me to go deeper? Some of you think that the Christian journey ends with you just come to church, enjoy it, go home. And you do not understand that the next generation is depending on our generation. If the fire burns out here, there's trouble in the future for our children. My friends, do you think because Jesus is coming, we should stop preaching? We should plan as if he's coming tonight and walk as if he's coming for the next hundred years. Friends, this is the truth of the word of God. This is where God wants our hearts to be, to be hungry for him. You know, Elisha was desperate. He was the only one who was spiritually desperate. He was desperate for what God has for him. And do you know he got a double portion? Bible scholars tell us, if you count, the miracles of Elisha were twice the miracles of Elijah. Elisha did twice. He had a double portion. He asked for a double portion. I want to ask you today, are you asking for a double portion of the grace of God? that you had years ago, that you had yesterday? Do you want more today? Because more grace is required for the battle ahead. More grace is required to overcome the vicissitudes of life. More grace is required. The world has changed. The world has changed. We need the miraculous power of the Holy Spirit to go through what is coming. Those doctrines that tell us that the miraculous age have ended is a lie. <laughs> God is still living. He's still alive and he wants to prove himself. But he will not reveal himself to those who are not desperate for more. You will be at the level you were yesterday. Still getting as angry as you got angry 15 years ago. You will still not have the fruit of the Holy Spirit like you didn't have 10 years ago. You need the grace of God. In fact, the grace of God will help us overcome sin. There will be more grace for holiness. Did you think that God's grace was measured in liters and that you had four liters and that's okay for you? No. The grace of God overflowed. And he says, my cup runs over. God wants to bless us with more. The man who had the blessing of Abraham asked God to bless him again because of the fear of Esau. Are you afraid of the future? Are you concerned about the future? Are you praying and saying, God, help me? 
you know, God has sent me on an assignment. The people that are listening to me today, you are meant to be here. You are meant to be part of what is going on because God wants to change your life. Let's pray today. Let's ask the Lord to help us. Let's ask the Lord to give us strength. I want to ask you again. Are you like Elisha? Are you like Jacob? Is there a reason? I don't know what the reason is. I don't care what it is. But is there something that will make you desperate for the power of God? Is there something that will make me and Daza Hezekiah desperate for the power of God? Is there something that will make me hungry for the power of God, for the spiritual, for the next spiritual level to take me from where I am to where I have to be? God changed his name from Jacob to Israel. God said from now on, God even put a mark on him. He touched his thigh and the Bible said the socket bone came loose and Jacob began to limp. I want to close with this statement. Every Christian needs a first in their life. There was a time when you first knew Jesus. A time where you first experienced joy of the Lord. A time where you first sang a song you never sang before. A time where you first met a brother or a sister who transformed your life by their own way of life. A time where you first saw a verse in the Bible that was so exciting that was Jacob. There was a first in his life here, a first there, and a first there, and a first there. What will be your next first? What will you say? This is the first time I ever read John chapter 3 verse 16, and it meant a different thing to me. This is the first time the Holy Spirit has been so real to me. Or are you blocking and saying, no, I don't want to go further. Let me tell you, those who refuse to cry out to God in this time are going to have a hard time in what is coming upon the world. But I believe the following year will be a year of Passover. I heard somebody saying it. I believe it will be a year of judgment. I believe that God will prove himself. But there will be a shaking, a shaking. And it is those who cry out to God that will find themselves being able to stand in the things that are coming. May the Lord bless you today. The blessing will help confront all of what the enemy has planned. Shall we pray in Jesus' name? Father, I want to thank you, Lord, for your word today. I want to thank you for the grace to deliver your word. I want to thank you for everyone, oh God, who is hearing my voice today. I pray that you bless them. I pray that you strengthen them, oh God. I pray that you help us, oh God, to become spiritually hungry, to become desperate for the next level. Let the things happening in the world drive us to you, oh God, so that we can receive what we need for the next level. Thank you for allowing the things that are happening so that we can look up to you. Help those, oh God, who are presently in slumber to wake up and give us grace to pass through the fiery storms that are brewing in the land and we thank you for your faithfulness in jesus mighty name we pray and i believe you said amen wherever you are in jesus name now if you don't know jesus and you are passing by here or you are watching this after the fact after we had the online service at the scheduled time you are very welcome and i thank god you stayed till the end it's because god wanted to reach you if you don't know jesus you can start by saying lord jesus i repent of my sins just do that and say, forgive me my sins. I believe you died and rose again for me. Accept me as a child of God today. Take my hand, walk with me. And from today, help me to live above sin in Jesus' name. Now, if you pray that prayer, you can send a message to us online. We would love to pray with you. We would love to minister to you. We would love to send you a gift to bless you in Jesus' name. Well, that's all for now. 
Thank you for listening. Were you blessed by the message? Do you have any questions? Did you make a commitment to follow Jesus as Lord? Please let us know. You can contact us by sending us a message on our contact page at joyfountainchurch.com. Have a blessed day.